Hello everyone and welcome to The Laundromat, the podcast dedicated to compliance professionals. This episode is brought to you by Dotfile, the modern operating system for compliance teams. Dotfile helps you verify your individual or business customers anywhere in the world in less than 10 seconds. In each episode, we will welcome a different guest and discover his background, missions, crazier stories, and much more. Today, we receive Nevo Lapidot, a Tel Aviv-based startup founder with an eclectic background as a lawyer, AML specialist, and crypto regulation expert. In early 2022, he created Forensics, a RegTech startup that helps financial institutions maintain AML regulatory compliance in the crypto minefield. Hello, Nevo, and thank you for accepting my invitation. Hello, Baptiste. I'm happy to be here. Great. So, my first question for you is, I looked at your LinkedIn, and I see that you've worked for many different companies, each time for a rather short period of time. How would you uh, explain it? So, actually, it's a very, it's a very easy explanation here. Uh, I see uh, career opportunities as uh, either an opportunity to build an exciting, like exciting stuff or to learn exciting stuff. And I changed positions or I changed my workplaces whenever I thought the balance was uh, off. So that's basically the backbone of all the decisions I've made. And yeah, that's, that's, that's it. <laughs> okay. No, I mean, that, that makes sense. You, you saw an opportunity, something that were, was driving you and you, you made the jump, but it, it, it has never been an issue for you to have this like short, uh, short period of time in, in your, in your resume, because I know some companies, they, they will see that, uh, see this as a red flag, thinking that you, you might, uh, leave the company, uh, sooner than they expect. So I, it's, it really depends on, uh, on the work environment you are working in, in Israel, it's not that, that not uncommon to to move places and uh, I didn't really like some of my uh, some of my experiences were short because they had a due date I was an intern in the Tel Aviv district attorney's office it's a year it's a set year I've done some consulting so, so some of the experiences you saw in my LinkedIn are projects I've done with customers and this project had KPIs and when we reached those KPIs, it, the, the projects ended. But if, if, if we look at uh, my experience from a bird's eye view, we, I basically work in the same industry in the, since 2017, before that I did like I did my studies, I, I, I did my uh, bachelor degrees, I did my master degree, I uh, volunteered in all kinds of uh, different uh, clinics, law clinics, uh, so I'm doing the same crypto regulation positions since 2017, so 
it's uh, it's not that short. Yeah, no, no, for for sure. And uh, I mean, as long as it was never uh, an issue for you, it, it makes sense. And uh, it, it leads to the the second question I wanted to discuss with you. Uh, you have this solid background, this uh, solid legal background. And uh, what what motivated you to start working in the crypto industry almost immediately at the end of your studies when it was not as big as it is right now? So I think I I didn't know about uh, crypto until 2016. I didn't hear about it and uh, I didn't have friends that invested in uh, Bitcoin or in other crypto assets. And uh, when I when I got to crypto in 2017, it was really the like the highest it was it was a few months before the 2017 ICO hype where you had the lines lines standing uh, waiting for, to buy bitcoin in a bitcoin atm and you and bitcoin opened all the news all the news reports so it was really a, an exciting uh, an exciting time in terms of the market and then when as someone with a legal background as someone with uh, some uh, like I'm, I'm a criminal lawyer in my background so as someone who, who 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 has been involved in all kind of investigations i immediately saw all the all these regulatory blind spots in crypto all the legal blind spots where you know we i studied the tax tax law so how do you tax crypto i studied the securities laws and the financial regulation and then we get to crypto and it's like what what the heck are we doing here like it's not anything that looks like we had you still today hear all kind of crypto experts, all kind of uh, like regulation experts saying that uh, crypto, like there is very big uncertainty over the crypto regulatory landscape. And I think that that was it. Uh, like uh, we understood or I understood that there is a very big tension between you know building good crypto businesses and crypto use cases and maintaining regulatory compliance staying out of jail so so that that was a very like a very interesting place to be with a lot of questions and not enough answers yeah, no, that, that, that totally makes sense. As we say in France, the regulation-wise, the paint is not quite dry for the crypto uh, industry, and it makes it even more interesting to 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 be working in it at this uh, this moment uh, in time. By the way, tell us a bit more about your journey in this field. Sure. So, so I was a. Uh... I was certified as a lawyer in 2016. In 2017, I started working uh, in uh, Bits of Gold. Bits of Gold is uh, like 
crypto brokerage, the leading Israeli crypto brokerage. And, and what I liked about that company is that they had a, a compliance first approach, meaning they wanted to be a money services business all, all the way back to 2013. And once I got there, you know, I, I got, I got a mandate to lead the compliance efforts and we had all kind of, uh, effort to do the like AML efforts with our regulators and with our, uh, banking partners, securities laws for all the assets that we wanted to offer to our customers, banking law, financial market uh, regulation for a license, tax law, all that stuff was basically my ma mandate in the company. And I did that for about two years. Then I left and I founded a consultancy firm and this consultancy firm, you know, I, I dived deeper into the same challenges with, uh, with both bits of gold and other financial institutions, uh, like without, uh, any intention, some traditional financial institutions, uh, were hiring me. I, uh, started giving, uh, lectures in the Israeli police on how you can use evidence from a uh, blockchain investigations and how, how, you know, how you can manage financial crime risks in this field and and, and I did that almost until I founded forensics. My biggest customer was eToro. I helped them leading their crypto regulation strategy for more than a year and a half. And, uh, and, and while doing all this, uh, like business consultancy, like some crypto investors, like individual crypto investors reached out and said, Hey, we get this approach from banks saying that, uh, our crypto money is not welcome, <laughs> basically refusing accepting money coming from crypto. So I tried to, to pick all the things I get of how banks, how traditional finance are managing financial crime risks in general. And I tried to apply it on these individuals crypto activity. So, uh, the first, the first thought was let's face facts and not like pay like, uh, fears. So the first thing I wanted to do is to show, okay, I know what financial forensics is like accountants do when they do an audit and there, what they do is like. They take evidence for bank transfers, for trading activities, for money movements. They build a coherent money trail just from these facts without saying what they think of these facts. And only after they understand the fact, they understand the story, they understand the narrative, they can say, okay, I think here. I, I see activity that can trigger a red flag of 
this kind. And this activity is something that can reduce risk because it shows that this customer, this individual is, is behaving like a legit person behaves. So I did this. So, so I started giving these uh, reports and it was. So this, this was before the, the creation of your first company, Source of Funds, right? That, that was in Source of Funds. So Source okay. of Funds did the business consulting and gave these reports to, uh, to a lot of individuals. I gave more than 150 reports to all kind of people like uh, crypto investors, crypto traders, people who were indicted in criminal cases, uh, wherever you had to show proof someone what your crypto activity was. I gave these reports, of course, like when I thought it makes sense to give such a report, I didn't want anyone to, to use it if if I didn't think their activity was legit, so I gave only people I thought that are legit and honest. Only uh, the good guys. Only the good guys. And that's a, like, that's a very philosophical uh, thing. What's a good guy, right? But uh, I think like the, the people I, I gave uh, like a, fi- a completed report was the good guys and those who I thought uh, banks would accept their money. I didn't want to waste time and didn't want them to waste the money on my services. If I think that the activity is legit, but it's not bank grade legit. Okay. So, uh, banks have are very afraid of all kinds of, uh, money laundering risks and financial crimes. And uh, whenever it's not service provider who's regulated enough. They just say they can, or they could just say no. So I gave those people who I thought bankers, uh, compliance teams would, uh, would be happy and comfortable with their activities. I did got a few, like in these, uh, four years that I gave these reports, some people who reached out to me, tried to fool me. So I found some evidence that, uh, I thought I thought was forged or or was was uh, not good enough. Let's 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 call it not good enough. And uh, those people, of course, I I never uh, got into really working with them. But of course, and uh, I, I know uh, having worked for several years uh, within different financial institutions, when funds are coming from crypto platforms, uh, usually banks, parent institutions, they, they really want to have like a full picture before accepting them. Uh, that's, that's for sure. And uh, it, it leads to another question. With all this knowledge that you have now about this uh, crypto uh, industry and crypto regulations, uh, would you have done things differently knowing that you know now? So I, d- I didn't know soon enough to, to be very rich to not work. So, so I can't say I should have bought earlier because I bought crypto when I could. I think what I didn't know back then that I know now is that this market is, is very unstable. 
you have you, the bear markets, you have the bull, the bull runs, the bulls, you know, they are when the, when it's a bull market, the prices go crazy. When the bears are out, then they, they just jump out of the windows. And as uh, someone who was in a, his uh, very early professional and financial life, like that, that was very, that was very frightening. To me also we saw around us uh, me and my colleagues we saw that uh, a lot of crypto companies you know they they in the bull runs they hire a lot of people and in the bear markets they just fire 80 percent of their teams and i think if i if i could if i could do something uh, differently that was taking it easy be calm, do what you do professionally, and everything would be would be okay. That 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 was the approach, and I think it's a it's a lesson that uh, I keep reminding it uh, to myself now because uh, now we are not you know, like we are in a bearish uh, market, and uh, everybody is uh, trying to convince us why uh, crypto is dead and all that stuff. I don't think that they are. Uh, even close to be right because if it's dead and we are still at the 28,000 Bitcoin uh, level, then we are probably not that dead. So keep building, be honest, be be modest and uh, try to do your best in whatever you do. That's, that's what I keep saying to myself from all the lessons I learned in this industry. Yeah, on, honestly, I agree with you. The, I think the speculation hurt a lot the, the crypto industry and uh, it made people fear that uh, it might collapse. But I think it's just the, the early days of this technology in terms of payment and what right. it can do to the, to the world world of transfers and so on. And, and also, and also, you know, uh, we see a lot of crypto projects taking advantage of the fact that the regulation or the enforcement is not really in place. We see all the the big ICO guys. We see all those uh, people who didn't have uh, risk measures in place uh, when they managed uh, big crypto companies. And this is a sign for the immaturity of the the market, but it would change uh, pretty soon, I think, and uh, and we'll see more and more trust getting into this industry because regulators and politicians and the market are like the market participants, uh, traders, investors, uh, professionals are are more aware to the risks and are are less formal like uh, they are less uh, affected by a fear of missing out yeah no i think the uh, as you said you're right the this whole industry is is maturing and uh, it definitely needs more regulation in, in my opinion and my point of view is that uh, your positioning for the two companies you created source of funds 
and forensics are uh, in the right moment in time for uh, for crypto. Uh, and by the way, you explained quite clearly what you, you are doing at, at Source of Funds. Can you tell us a bit more what you are doing at your new company, Forensics? Yes, so so we've done in Source of Funds all these uh, like due diligence reports, all these uh, Source of Funds reports for uh, crypto investors. And uh, I basically had enough of all the manual work. So if we read like everything, all the publications that the big uh, compliance associations are publishing and regulators about the fact that a financial institution needs to, you know, manage uh, crypto anti-financial crime risks, even if they are not a crypto service provider, meaning like even if you are just getting money from a crypto platform like like the big uh, crypto exchanges, or if you're a crypto exchange, you you have to manage the anti-financial crime or anti-money laundering risks. And the way we did it with reports provided to the end user is basically, in my opinion, it's wrong. Like you as a financial institution you outsource your responsibility to someone else and this someone else who's like a, a crypto regulation expert is being paid by the the end user and not by the financial institution by definition you have a a conflict of interest so what we what we we are doing in forensics is we are trying to build a tool that helps financial institutions to manage those uh, AML risks or anti-financial crime risks in crypto. And we do it not only on the risks coming from the uh, specific crypto asset that the customer is bringing, like you have uh, all the blockchain analytic tools. What we, what we hear from financial institutions and from regulators is that you you have to have an an anti-financial crime policy that is that uh, practice like risk-based approach and in this risk-based approach you have to be able to perform enhanced due diligence uh, wherever you have a transaction that is high risk transaction so it can be flagged by any of your transaction monitoring tools your blockchain analytics or by any other uh, rule-based tool that you're using and then our tool gets exactly to that point where you want to dive deeper you this this deeper dive into what the customer did is based or must take into consideration large amounts of data that comes from both on-chain data like blockchain data but both from private ledgers like your trading accounts uh, logs from uh, from the exchanges and the ownership of the accounts that you're using then like we we have after we collect we help financial institution collect from their customers all the relevant data we help them to conduct the investigation and we save them a lot of 
of like more than 95% of the work that they need to do in analyzing the data. Uh, we do it more accurately and we enforce their own policies. So we are not coming with like, hey, this is how you should score the risks. We take your policy and we we let the tool work according to your policy in a documented manner. You keep the records and you can uh, show proof that you've done right, that you're not missing anything, that you have like real risk-based treatment in in those high high risk high value cases and we try to keep you out of jail that's that's also something that is important in these days or to keep the fines away like companies like coinbase bitpay kraken robinhood all these guys got in the last i think it's it's a half a year where the best the best players in the field got fined on AML from their respective regulators where they could have not been fined if they had a tool like ours. Yeah, they definitely not being fined or like we, uh, I see it with many uh, financial institutions in France, they, they prefer to stop working with crypto at all because the, the risk of being fined is too, uh, is too important for them. So your product is is right fit for what the industry needs at the moment. Exactly. And I, and I think I see like articles about the UK banking market where 55% of the banks in the UK say, hey, we don't want to get money coming from crypto at all. We see banks in the US say the same. We see b- how... The Swiss banks are cherry picking only, you know, the very lucrative uh, cases and uh, accounts that they want to allow this uh, this activity to to go. And I think if if you can automate the process and make sure that your uh, compliance practices are being enforced, then you can make more money with less risk. That's that's everybody's uh, dream in. Uh, in the financial, like in the financial markets, and and I hope we'll be able to help such financial institutions do that. Yeah, no, that, that's for sure. But uh, you will help the, the industry with the the, the, the companies that, that needs to have these explanations about the origin of of funds. But if uh, instead of looking at the future, we we look at the at the past, your past. What was the thing you have been the, the most proud of in your career so far? It's funny, but like some of the very rich crypto investors feeling that their wealth is like monopoly money, like monopoly wealth, like they are wealthy on paper, but they can't convince the banks that uh, their money is legitimate and then the, the money stays in crypto. I think what I'm proud of is that uh, we we managed to uh, build like this bridge between the monopoly board and the bank account uh, for a lot of people, for people in their uh, uh, retirement, for uh, young uh, young parents who who are very who are very lucky to invest early and and gain like monetary gains in in 
in crypto. So I, I have some small achievements, very personal achievements, but, but in like, whenever I could touch someone's life and, uh, and help him somehow, I think that these are my uh, proud moments. Yeah, it, it gives it gives meaning to uh, to what you do, and you mentioned these uh, very wealthy individuals, especially crypto uh, millionaires. We've all heard these crazy stories about like party and money being spent in in any any crazy thing you can imagine. <laughs> do you have like some kind of story without telling names you could share with us? I try to think about specific examples and. Uh, we see all kind of crypto millionaires who, who are not really like crypto millionaires. What do I mean? I mean, like, uh, they are quote unquote crypto entrepreneurs that had all these crazy ICOs, token generation events, all kind of like crazy projects with no utility and with no promise behind the, their uh, marketing promises. And unfortunately, we have a, we have a few of these uh, here in Israel who bought like football clubs and drove uh, Lamborghinis. And uh, I I really think that uh, that this is an embarrassing uh, like uh, like the the craziness of this uh, industry is is an embarrassing moment in in this uh, in this industry. You know, you don't see a lot of uh, like startup founders not from crypto that make a lot of money, and then and then you see them riding uh, Lamborghinis in the street and uh, and flying uh, private jets. Like this is this is a like a novorish uh, kind of uh, approach that I don't uh, like. And I think whenever you see such a crypto entrepreneur that tries to show to the world how wealthy he is and how that's that's like a sign like a stay away sign like don't don't make business with me don't do don't if if the party is so appealing then it's not appealing at all don't be there that that's that's my approach uh, toward uh, these these kind of uh, events in crypto yeah, I think I, I agree with you because two things. First, at a personal level, if you uh, interact with such people, you might get burned and you might lose right. quite a lot of, of money. And at a broader level, the issue is that they give a bad name to the industry and uh, right. people lose trust in it because of it. The, the financial institutions, they harden uh, their perception of crypto and the way they handle it hurting the, uh, the, 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 the people that are using it for legitimate use cases. So, of course, these, uh, and I think it's it's only the beginning because we, we don't, as, as a society, we don't understand it very well yet. And uh, there are still like this, for example, the, the people that, that lost so much money on NFTs that were worth uh, thousands of euros one day and not even cents uh, a few weeks after. Right. So uh, right. I think we, we need to regulate and uh, at some point, just like the banking system, there will always be scams, but it will be right. easier to detect them and to prevent people from being hurt financially too much. Yeah. 
and 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 the bottom line for uh, for how you how you should how you should avoid these scams is like if it, if it's too good to be true it's it's too good to be true it's not it's not true like don't do it like all the uh, like you see all these uh, lawsuits against the uh, for example the yoga labs from in the us that this is the company that is uh, responsible for the body Piach club the uh, nft collection and you see that uh, how if you go into the arguments against owners of the company and all the uh, celebs that are promoting these projects then you say okay like I don't understand how it works behind behind scenes and if I don't understand it I shouldn't be there well, yeah that's a, that's a good advice and uh, I hope uh, just like you that the, the the industry will change over time and that this type of practices will uh, will diminish or maybe just uh, disappear hopefully yeah, and yeah, speaking hopefully. Of, of that speaking of that what is your your vision of the future of the the world of crypto in the in the coming years so i think like like i don't know how most of the financial instruments are working when i buy an etf in my uh, a brokerage account i don't know how it works i don't know who the issuer is i don't know how they make their money and how and how I make my money out of it. So I think that's how, what crypto would be like. Crypto would be like any other form of money or a financial instrument. Uh, we would use it like we use our Apple Pay or invest in our uh, favorite brokerage account. And I think we'll, we'll see the world, this financial world with crypto goes to to two different separate worlds. The world that where the good guys uh, who adhere to regulations and are able to demonstrate it are acting and the world that the bad guys would be at, it would be underground, it would never get to like to legitimate financial institutions or it would rarely get there and when it would get there, whenever it would uh, uh, come out of the of the hole, someone would catch those bad guys and uh, and knock their heads off. That that that's my approach. I truly think that like we see, we see all kind of use cases that are much better than the use cases we or the product products that we are using every day in the financial in our financial world, like in the traditional finance. Like there is no reason why it would take me three days, three working days, uh, business days to pay my one of my uh, suppliers in the US. And if I can do it like in a few seconds, and I think we'll see crypto there exactly where it saves times, it cuts some of the middlemen, like the unnecessary middlemen out of the, the system. And it would have to be regulated otherwise you know some someone either uh, banks or regulators or banks that are regulators like uh, the card schemes and all that stuff would not allow 
mass adoption. So I, I can't see it works without being uh, compliant to like the regulations we already know of. Yeah, I mean, uh, I could not agree more with you. I really think that uh, technologically wise, the crypto will have a deep impact on the financial industry over the, the coming years. And uh, what could prevent it from doing it, I mean, as fast as we uh, would expect it to do, is uh, is the regulation issues. We, we need to, to be like very efficient in the way we integrate these new processes within uh, existing financial institutions. And uh, I'm sure that with your uh, new approach with forensics, helping the companies like justify the origin of these funds and making the whole process safer for everyone will definitely uh, work very well. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, we will see. That was the, the last question for me. That was a pleasure to, to have this chat with you, Nefo. I wish you all the best for, for your two companies. Uh, I will uh, look closely at, uh, at uh, what you do in this uh, very, uh, as you said, this minefield, which is the, the crypto industry. Great. Thank you very much for having me and uh, definitely stay tuned. Thank you. Let's, let's stay in touch. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.